Today on Moody Presents with Mark Job. There's only one way that you actually become a part of the flock of God, and that is when you hear His voice and He calls you unto Himself. And when He calls you unto Himself, you respond to His voice as He's calling you to follow Him. Hey, thanks for connecting today with Moody Presents, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Job. He's president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. You know, for the last few weeks, you and I have been learning all about the claims of Christ. The seven famous I am statements that Jesus made about himself, all found in the book of John, reveal so much about his character. But even more than that, they show how you and I are to live in light of these statements. Just so much to unpack here. And last week, Dr. Joe began a message called Investigating the Claims of Christ. I am the Good Shepherd. Now, so far, we've learned that sheep actually do know the shepherd's voice and follow him. Pastor Mark shared a humorous story about losing track of his wife, Dee, in a store. And in the end, it was her unique and familiar voice that Mark knew instantly. Well, the same should be true of our relationship with Jesus. We're called to know the voice of God, to listen to it and to follow. Well, let's join Pastor Mark for part two of Christ Said, I Am, investigating the claims of Christ as the Good Shepherd. And make sure you're listening later on as we share about a great resource to help you with victory over sin. Now, here's Pastor Mark. Look what it says at verse four. When he has brought us out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, And his sheep follow him, listen, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The second thing that Jesus says is not only does he call us and we respond to him, but that when he speaks to us, we begin to recognize his voice and we follow his voice. You know, once in a while, I do one of the favorite things that my wife loves to do. I go shopping with her. <laughs> it's a real act of love on my part. <laughs> but I know she likes to go, to go there and likes me to go with her, and so I drive her there, drop her off, and I'll wander around and say, okay, honey, we ready to go now? No, no, just a little more time. So I'll wander around, and it's, my, it's her love language. She's a great deal shopper, too. I mean, she can negotiate and get great deals. I always remind her, hon, you know, people go broke on good deals, too. You know that. So, But the other day we were out, and I couldn't find her. I, I, dropped, I dropped her off, then went in a little bit later, and I couldn't find her. So I texted her. I said, where are you? She said, well, I'm over here in the store. And I said, so am I. But I couldn't find her. So... Here we are in a store, and I just say, hey, D." I think some people thought, who's this loony guy talking to himself? And out of somewhere in the store, I hear, I'm over here. I said, well, I'm over here. Where's over here for you? And so we're going back and forth, and because she's talking, you see, I know her voice. I know her voice because 
I know her because I love her. I love her voice. She's my wife. I love the sound of it. I know her voice because I know her because we're intimate. We've been together for 25 years because we, yeah, I, I mean, I know her and she knows my voice. So there could be a crowd of people talking, but when I hear her voice, I can distinguish it from other voices because I know her. Now, if you tell me, if you put me in front of a computer and you say, well, diagram the graphics of the intonations of her voice, I have no idea how to do that. I can't do a voice analysis. I, I can't describe to you exactly how it looks on a chart, but when she speaks, I know it's her. It's the same with God. When God speaks and we know him, then we know he's speaking to us and we understand his voice and it's clear to us because we've walked with him, because we've heard him, because we've talked with him. Now, if I didn't know her voice, you know, someone could respond, some stranger could respond and say, I'm over here. And I could be following and honey, where are you over here? And I show up and there's some, some big burly guy with a big beard saying, come here, honey. I, you know, that would be a scary thing. You could be led astray if you don't know someone's voice. But because I know her voice, we, we're drawn together. It's the same way with God. As you get to know God and as you get to love God, if you are called of God and you are one of his and you've responded to his call, then you begin to recognize his voice and know his voice. And when he speaks to you, you know it's God. And when you're in a place and someone says, well, describe exactly how the voice of God sounds and you say, well, I don't know how to tell you. Well, how do you know? I don't know what to say. I just know. Someone says, describe the voice of your wife. I don't know how to describe it, but when I hear it, I know it. Because we've walked together, lived together. With God, it's the same way when you belong to him and he belongs to you. When, you, when you've experienced the call of God and he's called you to himself, then you begin to respond to the voice of God and you can distinguish between the voice of strangers and the voice of God. And he typically speaks to us through, through his word as he leads us to himself through the revealed word of God, speaking via the Holy Spirit to our lives. So not only does he call us and we respond, he makes his voice known to us and we listen. Thirdly, he leads us to life to the fullest and we embrace it. Well, I love this part. Listen to what he says, verse seven. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Let me talk to you for a second about the gate. What exactly does Jesus mean when he says, I am the gate, and if you enter through me, you will be saved? Well, it's not the only place in Scripture that he talks about this. But the idea behind this is that Jesus is declaring that he is the way. That in order to get to God and on the path to life, that you have to go through a gate. If I'm going to someone's house, I got to go through a door before I enter their house. 
Some houses have gates on the outside and before you get into the garden area, before you get into the yard, you have to go through a gate. If the gate is locked, you stay on the outside. If the gate is open, you pass through that gate and now you have entered into someone else's property. If you've ever crossed the border of one country to another, you know that as you go through the gate, usually at these borders, there's a border patrol. As you're on this side of the gate, you're in the dominion and domain of some principality authority. Uh, and when you cross that, you're under the dominion of another principality or authority that speaks a different language, that has a different court system. And all that separates the two is a gate. It may not seem like you're stepping, you're going far, but this side of the gate, you're out. This side of the gate, you're in. And going through that gate sometimes is difficult. If you're going to a different country, I was in, in Mozambique, Africa uh, uh, a couple years ago, and two years ago I was in China, and some of these countries you need a visa to get into. And uh, so getting into the country is not always easy because you, you have to have the paperwork and you have, to go, you have to go through the scrutiny of entering in through that gate. Listen, in Christianity, it's the same. The gateway that leads to God and life is none other than Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says that there is a way that is broad and a lot of people are on it. And then there is a way that is narrow and very few people are on the narrow way. The Bible says that. Most of Americans... In this country, the predominant religious affiliation is Christian. When you go to the hospital and they ask you what, uh, you know, what religion you're part of, many of you fill out Christian. When the Census Bureau comes and asks you about religious belief, Christian. When you're filling out a Facebook uh, account, you slap the word Christian there. Listen, let me tell you, just because your Facebook says Christian doesn't make you a Christian. Because the way that you become a Christian is you go through the gate of Christianity. The gate of Christianity is Christ. How do we go through that gate? Well, very simple. There's not a church that guards that gate. No one can join a church and become a Christian. Listen, if anybody has told you that, they're wrong. A church does not make you a Christian. A religion does not make you a Christian. It is Christ, the gate. As you go through that gate, that makes you a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said of this gate, when he was talking to his disciples and they were talking about how does someone get right with him, there was a rich man that was actually talking about this. And Jesus said, listen, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And his disciples said, what? That's impossible. And Jesus said, with man it is, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. 
At the beginning of our broadcast, I mentioned a resource geared for anybody wanting to overcome sin in your life. This is a really powerful book by none other than D.L. Moody. It's called The Overcoming Life. In it, you'll find Bible-centered principles, engaging stories, application for confident Christian living. Why not receive this very special and helpful tool for your gift of any amount? You heard that right. And there are two easy ways to get a hold of us, either right at our moodypresents.org website or by calling 800-400-7022. That's 800-400-7022. Let me slow that down just a touch further. 800-400-7022. For the Overcoming Life book by D.L. Moody. And our website again, moodypresents.org. Now back to our message about Jesus Christ and His claim, I am the Good Shepherd. And here's Pastor Mark Job. I have conversations with young men all the time. And I've had quite a few young men tell me, well, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm, I like the Jesus stuff. I like your church, but I'm not ready. I'm not just, I got too much partying to me, Pastor. I just, you know... I'd have to give up my three girlfriends. I'd have to settle down. I'd have to, I just, I don't think I'm ready. Maybe when I'm older and I have sowed all my wild oats, then I'll be ready. Because man, that means like settle down. It seems a little, it's gonna cramp my style, seriously. Here's the thing. What you don't know is that until you really begin to experience the life of God, you're really not living. The boring life is the carnal life. The exciting, faith-filled, abundant life is the life in God. This is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and out and find pasture. Listen, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full, or another version says, I have come that you may have life and that you have it abundantly. What Jesus is saying is that, listen, if there's anything in your life that anything at all in your life that takes the place of God, then that's called idolatry. And there's a lot of idols that we put in our life that steal, kill, and destroy us. A lot of idols. Now, most of you here, if I would talk about idolatry, you say, Pastor, I don't, you know, I don't bow down to totem poles or statues. I mean, I'm educated, civilized. But it doesn't mean you don't have idols. Do you realize that your boyfriend could be your idol? If he's the number one thing in your life, dictates your values, your future, everything about your life, he is your idol and he's taken place of God. Do you realize that your job could be your idol? If your job is the most important thing in your life and everything is underneath your job, then you have a God and his name is not Jesus. Because anything that takes the place of God, anything that takes the priority of God, anything that you elevate to the place that it determines and dictates your values, then you have got yourself a God bigger, higher than the God that should be in your life, who's Jesus Christ. You say, well, pastor, how do I know if, 
I've put something above God. Well, there's a simple test. Here it is. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whatever you value most, that's where your heart is going to be. That's what you're going to get excited about, talk about, want to be in. That's what you're going to value the most. Where your treasure is, your heart's going to be. If you don't value it, your heart won't be there. Well, Pastor, here I am, I'm in church, right? Yeah, you're in church. Okay, so I don't seem like I'm that into it. I'm just not emotional. Really? It seemed to me like I saw you at that Bears game. Yeah, weren't you the one that had half his face painted and chest open wide, screaming, jumping around, flinging around, throwing the beer around, screaming at the top of your lungs, jumping up and down like that? Seems a bit emotional to me. Could it, could it be, well, I'm just messing with you a little bit here, but could it be that your heart is more into a game than it is into God? Could it be that the things that you get excited about are the things that your heart are into and that you endure the things of God? Man, I hope pastor doesn't go 10 minutes over. He's, he better know we got a schedule, man. What's up with this? I mean, I already, I never saw you say that about a Bears game. Man, never saw you do that. Here's what I know. If I'm into it, my heart is into it, I'm excited about it, I want it, I'm hungry for it. Why? Because my heart is there, and if my heart is there, I treasure it, I value it, I love it, because it's important to me. If it's not important to me, then my heart will not be there. It's a good indication of whether God, whether it's an idol or not in my life. And what Jesus said is idols ultimately come to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, if you throw your life into an idol other than God, ultimately it'll rob you, steal you, and destroy you, and leave you in the end disappointed. Because the only legitimate place of lordship in our life should be the lordship of Jesus Christ. Abundant life. Abundant means superabundant, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above ordinary, more than sufficient. That's the kind of life that God wants to give you. How are you doing? Oh, not bad under the circumstances. You seem like you're just surviving. I think God wants to do a little bit more than that in your life, abundant life. Oh, we have, oh, we have bad days, and granted, I'm not gonna take that away from you. Not every day we're on top of the mountain, but, but, but God has come to give you abundant life. Let me close with this. Number four, he reaches out to know us, and we know him back. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. 
The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. What Jesus is saying is that his heart is a heart that's with you for you, that he knows you by name, that his love is deep, not generic, that he's not a God that manipulates and uses and then throws away, but this is a God who knows you intimately, deeply, who has known you, cared for you, loved you like no one could ever know you or care for you or love you. I am the good shepherd, he says in verse 14. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. What he's saying is that ultimately, not only does he know us, but he wants us to know him and walk with him and fellowship with him. The way the Father and I are, that's the way we and the sheep are. In other words, that there's a oneness and intimacy. I know his voice, I walk with him. He's not a God I visit on Sunday, but he's a God that I live with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I hear his voice, I hear conviction, I worship him, I pray to him, I talk with him. He alters my life, I am into his life and he is into my life. I'm not the same once I've come to know him. It's, it's, my life is different, it cannot be the same, it's not religious. It's relationship that I am deeply altered by my relationship with God that I've experienced through Jesus Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know it. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Oh, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and they, my cup is not half empty. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about that for just a moment. You are known, loved, and treasured by the God of the universe, your shepherd, God himself. Boy, that's awesome. And he wants to give you an abundant, extraordinary life. Now, maybe you've been attending church half-heartedly, or maybe, just maybe, you've been on the fence with regard to Christianity for a long time, and, and you've been waiting to respond to him. Would you like to respond today? Actually, you know, the Bible warns us to stop waiting around. We're told in Isaiah chapter 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Meaning, the opportunity isn't going to last forever. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. So, how do you receive the gift of God, eternal life? Well, the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. 
but it's not believing in some cosmic karma or the goodness of religion. No, the instructions are very clear. We're told if you will confess with your mouth, that means agree with God. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If that's you right now, and you'd like to be saved, forgiven, know you're headed for heaven today, forever, why don't you pray with me right now? I'll leave some space for you to pray as we do this together. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me, for my sins, my wrongdoing. I want to be free of all this garbage. Would you please forgive me now and clean me up? Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness and promise of eternal life. I want you in charge of me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know, as we mentioned earlier, we have a very powerful resource available to you for a gift of any size. It's D.L. Moody's book, The Overcoming Life. Let me show you just how relevant this book really is. Moody writes, if you have no power, it may be that there is some sin that needs to be confessed, something in your life that needs straightening out. Wow. Moody doesn't pull any punches. And if you'd like this down-to-earth resource, The Overcoming Life, head to our website. It's moodypresents.org and click the resource link. Or you can call us 800-400-7022. 800-400-7022. That's 800-400-7022. Also, if you'll enter your email address at the website, We'll send you a link to three exclusive Moody Presents videos of Pastor Mark teaching in the land of Israel, all at moodypresents.org. We sure love having you join us, and it's fun to share these great Bible truths with friends like you who really do want to take that next step in their walk with Christ. For our teacher, Mark Job, I'm John Geiger. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.